Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Walls. I'm your host, Lauren Springman, and on this podcast, you will be informed, entertained, and educated on everything in the real estate industry. I would like to introduce our guest today. Her name is Alyssa, and she is with Keller Williams. Welcome, Alyssa. How are you? Hi, Lauren. I'm great. How are you doing? Great. Could you tell everyone your last name? Because I feel like I was going to screw it up, so I didn't want to say it. <laughs> no worries. Yes, it's Delion. Delion. Yes, and I don't pronounce it as well as my mother-in-law does because I'm not Hispanic and she says it perfectly. And I always kind of get in trouble because I don't. So it's, it's daily on. I mean, I think it sounds perfect when you say it. <laughs> so have you had a good week so far? It has been a good week. I have yeah. two closings set for tomorrow and lots and lots of buyers in this crazy market. Yep. How are you with finding houses? Cause I've heard there's not, there's a ton of buyers, but not a lot of houses for sale. It's true. We've actually been pretty, pretty lucky. Um, we're doing some things that are like we're, we're going over asking price, increasing option fees, just kind of pulling out all the stops for our buyers so that they can get the homes they want. But yeah, we've been, um, we've been pretty lucky so far. Good. So before I get into my icebreaker, since you brought it up saying that you're, you're going over asking price, when people go over asking price or even over appraisal, um, how does that work? Do they have to pay out of pocket? Does the lending company still give them that money? Sometimes it, it depends on the appraisal. Um, I, we are, we did have one situation where the appraisals kind of weren't matching what homes were selling for yet. They just kind of haven't caught up yet. So, um, it's only happened to me one time in the nine years that I have been doing this. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. So knock on wood. I hope it didn't just jinx you. Yeah. No, I hope so too. <laughs> if not, you have my number. You can find me. <laughs> okay. So my icebreaker is you tell me two truths and one lie, and I have to figure out what is what. Yep. Okay. I've got them. You ready? Yes. Okay. So I married my high school sweetheart. Both of my parents were born in other countries, not the United States, and I have two sisters and one brother. Okay. You married your high school sweetheart and you have two sisters and one brother. Nope. One of those is correct, obviously. So your, your parents is true that they were born in two separate countries. That is true. Okay. And then you did not marry your high school sweetheart. I did marry my high school sweetheart. You do not have two brothers and one sister. I'm an only child. (laughs) Oh, well, so, um, what countries are your parents from? So my father was born in Iran. So he he's Persian and my mother was born in Rota, Spain on a naval base, a U.S. Navy base. So she is American, but she was born in Spain. In Spain. And I'm assuming, was your dad in the military? How did they even end up meeting? So my dad was in the military in Iran because he had to be. And right out, right after that, he moved to London and lived there for three years and then moved to California because he had family. So my parents met in California and I was born there, lived there till I was 14 before I moved to Texas. Okay. So now you're in Texas and then you met your your high school sweetheart. Yep. I say, do you have any tips out there for people in relationships? <laughs> See how they can last that long. <laughs> uh, no, I, I've got great real estate advice though. <laughs> okay. We'll say lots, that one for lots of ups and downs for sure. <laughs> I know that's why everyone's like, you know, like they, people think marriage is so easy. It's like, no, you got to work on it anyways. Lots of work. Yep. 
all work. So when did you start in real estate? Yeah, so I actually um, did not plan on getting into real estate. I went to college and majored in education. I was a third grade teacher for six years. And when I had my first child, I decided to stop teaching. And the plan was to be a stay-at-home parent. So I did that for about two years. And then my very best friend was a realtor. And she had always tried to convince me to get into real estate. I never thought that was something I would be good at. So I just kind of, you know, dismissed it. And then, you know, I had been staying at home a couple of years and she had a friend who needed an assistant and I could work from home. The hours were flexible. So I was like, sure, why not do that? It's paperwork. I can do it from home while I've got my daughter in mother's day out. She, and I was, um, I was, I had just had my second child. So I had a newborn baby and then my, my two and a half year old was at mother's day out a few days a week. So that is how I got into real estate. Um, she convinced me to then get my real estate license once I had been assisting her for about a year. So I did, and I just really ended up loving it. Yeah. yeah. So you were an assistant, you just did stuff at home. I did. Yeah. Year. I did, you know, documents, um, submitting documents for compliance, setting appointments, all the kind of back end stuff which I feel like is really good to learn the back end and like knowing like every inch of what you're doing because then it'll make you a better, you know, oh. agent and be able to give your clients better information. Completely. Cause I, I really knew all the ins and outs once I got my license and started working with clients. So I, I think that is such a great way to go for new agents um, who may have, have no experience in real estate, mm -hmm. joining a team or, you know, starting out in a position like that. I agree. I, I like that. Um, starting yeah. out in that way. <clears throat> um, so you work with a team, correct? I do. Okay. I do. do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So the team that I'm on, it's, um, we're called Papazan Properties Group and it was started in 2009 by a woman and man named, uh, Wendy and Jay Papazan. Okay. Um, Jay Papazan actually co-wrote a couple books with Gary Keller, you guys might have heard of them. Um, the One Thing is a New York Times bestseller and um, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. So he co-wrote those books. So I work for him and his wife, Wendy, mainly Wendy. Um, they are based in Austin and I am an expansion partner in Houston, which basically means I am taking the same model that she did in Austin and building it here in Houston. That's awesome. Yes, we are I, actually expanding down to Austin and San Antonio. Hey, that's yeah. great. Yeah. I think this summer is when we're going to start doing it is awesome. in the plan. Yeah. So is there anybody else in your group in Houston or are you the only Houston, Houston realtor? Is. So I have a gal who works for me. Her name is Cheyenne. She is my showing partner. So she mostly works with our buyers. Um, showing partner just means that she does most of the showings for our clients. She's, she's also working with her own buyers and taking them through the whole process. So I, I have one gal here and then our operations team and our admin team is all in Austin. So we work, we work with them. How did you find them? Because you lived in Houston, correct? Yeah. And how did you find this Austin company or get connected with them? So our, our productivity coach and um, she's our director of expansion. Her name is Mary. She used to be the expansion partner in Houston and she and I met um, shortly after Hurricane Harvey. And we met because we both flooded 
we were at the same market center in Houston and we really bonded over that when we, when we finally met, Mm -hmm. Uh, we actually met at one of our big conventions called family reunion in, um, and this was in California in Anaheim when we met and we just, we clicked. So we started getting together for lunches every so often and she kind of recruited me to the team. That's awesome. And so how long have you been on this team for? Almost two years. It'll be two years, May 20th. Okay. That's really cool. So are you looking to bring more people onto your team or? I am. Okay. That is the goal. Yep. Okay. How many are you wanting? Are you wanting to have like a bunch of them or, you know, because I know some of them are like, they want, like I just um, did a podcast yesterday and their, their agency just wants seasoned agents. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, no, we, we work with I mean, seasoned agents are great. Cheyenne is a fairly new agent who we brought onto the team. Um, But ultimately, I think probably around 10, ultimately, you know, between five and 10 um, would be ideal for me. That's nice. That's a good number. It's not too much and right. Happy medium. Um, So how did you get your business to the level it is today? So I think, you know, I was thinking about this question. I think every realtor is kind of, they've kind of got their niche, right? So for me, my, my neighborhood, like my farm area, and I, I don't love the word farm, but the farm area is kind of how I got started. Um, I've always been really involved in my neighborhood. For example, when I had young children, I organized a mother's, like a, a mom's group. Mm-hmm. and organized play dates and events and everything. So I got to know a lot of women that way. Um, when my kids kind of grew out of that stage of life, I joined my civic club board. Um, I've been the president of our civic club for the past three years. So I've gotten mm-hmm. to know a lot of neighbors that way. I'm also involved. I'm on a, a, I'm a volunteer for the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. I'm on a committee there where I've met a ton of people. So I think really for me, just networking with my sphere and just being involved in my community. Um, I do a lot of volunteer work. Cool. That's kind of how I, that's probably the bulk of my business. Just, yeah, getting out there yeah. and doing like the groundwork. Yeah, just getting out there, kind of being myself. Um, I, I like to be social, so that's helped me in my business. I don't do a ton of marketing or advertising. Um, I love to do open houses. That's I've, okay. I've been pretty successful with open houses as well. So now you have um, Cheyenne, correct? That's I do. Yep. Okay, and she does more of the buying. Are you? Do you do more listing than I do? I do. That's that's kind of the goal for this year was to shift from being more buyer centered to more listings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know um, some agents do want to get there, but it takes a while, but you've been in the industry for yeah. nine years, right? If you want to be, or is it, does it take a while to, I know it takes a while for an agent to just work off of referrals. Does it take right. a while for an agent to just do listings? I think it does. Uh, for me, that it kind of shifted in 2020. Um, so I got, I got my license in 2014 and I I think I did one closing that year. Like I had one buyer and then 2015, I had my third child. I don't think I closed anything in 2015. And then in 2016 is when I started ramping up again. So during those years, I was still assisting the first realtor I worked for. Um, So I would say 2016 is really when I started to see some momentum in my business. And I didn't really have many listings until 2020. So I'd say it took 
probably mm-hmm. a good four years for me to get uh, listings, to get listings. And, and one, one reason I think is because mm-hmm. your buyers, you know, who you start with eventually are going to sell. So I'm starting to see repeat business. I'm starting to see those past clients mm-hmm. want to sell and more listings come from that. That's good. That's, um, I, I hear that a lot. It takes, you know, it takes years and I didn't realize, um, an agent was telling me sometimes you don't get a paycheck in the real estate industry for maybe sometimes six months. Six months is kind of the, the average. Yeah. That's what they say is it's an investment up front. Um, uh-huh. and don't expect to get paid for about six months. How do people, Yeah. how are people able to do that? Like if they want to come in and do it full time, yeah. but then they don't have income. So they have to actually have another job. Like how do you know of any ways or any advice of how someone can maneuver around that? You know, there are a lot of dual career agents. Um, one thing I love about Keller Williams, and if, if there are eight people out there who want to get into the business and you want to talk to me, I am happy to share my information and you can call me. Um, but Keller Williams, I think is a great place for new agents because day one, you are in training and and they're, they're, tra- they're training you to get on the phone and start calling your sphere. They give you scripts. They work, they, they will take you through the whole contract. Um, so some people might be afraid like, oh, well, what if I have a client, I get a client, I don't know what to do. Well, the, the coaching program at our office will literally walk you through every single step to help you get through and get your client through to closing. So it's a great place for new people to start. Um, and I, I think we kind of fast track people. So the people that go through our coaching program, um, they get they get going pretty quick. And I've seen a lot of people be very successful and, and they're even in the top 20 agents in our office in just a year or two. So training for sure is, is very important. Is part of the training, um, do you guys have any legal training um, if there's like lawsuits going on or like how to go around that? We, well, we have, we, we do have uh, legal classes. There are classes on real estate law. Um, not really how to get around it. I mean, well, not we, like get around it, but like how to deal with it or the process of like yeah. what to do. Yeah, we, we do have classes uh, for that. And then, of course, a lot of people in our office have great recommendations for real estate attorneys if you get into a sticky situation, you know, because we're not mm-hmm. attorneys, so we can't necessarily give advice. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of support, for sure. I just did a podcast yesterday, um, and she's a real estate lawyer. Mm-hmm. She also does um, commercial and stuff like that. But yeah. it was super interesting learning about, like, the legal side of everything. Yeah, it's important to know for sure because there's a lot to it. There's a, a lot. lot. It was crazy, um, and then she was also explaining like the difference between commercial and residential. I didn't. I like. I know like about inspections, but I didn't realize how different it is and there's how sometimes two different worlds completely. Yes. Do you ever want to get interested? I mean, commercial. You no, know, I I don't think so. I really, um, probably my favorite clients to work with are first time home buyers. And I think this just comes from my, my teaching background. Um, because with a first time home buyer, you're really educating them up front because they've never done it before. Mm-hmm. They don't know what all these terms mean. Um, so I really like walking first time home buyers through the process. 
commercial, you're, you know, it's, it's just totally different world. So I, I, yeah, not really. Um, I I have a couple agents who do are friends who are commercial agents who Mm -hmm. I refer commercial business to. Um, but yeah, for me, I really like residential. Okay. That's not, I like, yeah. Residential, I feel like would be, uh, if I ever were to become an agent, I would be residential just because I love houses and decorating and redoing things and stuff like that. In here. Right. Um, I'm like a dumpster diver, just to let you know. Like, I will go, and if I see stuff on the side of the road that I feel like would, like, look really cool if I can refinish it, like, furniture or anything, like, I'm that person on the side of the road putting it in the back of my truck. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah. Um, so what would be your top attributes, or what do you think are your top attributes to become successful, or that has made you successful? That's made me successful. So I think, um, I think focusing on your strengths, right? Like really knowing where you're strong. Um, this is something that it's really been beneficial with being on a team. We actually did a whole like strength finders, um, Mm. thing with a coach who specializes in this. So I think finding your strengths and then once you know what you're strong at and what you don't like to do, finding leverage. So finding leverage is what has saved me. Um, cause I've, I've learned that like marketing, for example, is something that I am not great at. It is not my strong suit. So being on a team, we have a girl who does all of our marketing for us. So I don't ever have to think about it, which is fantastic. And I can focus on the things that I'm really good at, like building relationships. Um, again, just like educating people mm-hmm. on the whole process and, and just being around people, you know, working with people out showing and all of that. I think that's, yeah, I think that's, what's great about being on a team. And I say this quite a lot, but like our team, we really complement each other. Like, um, so we all know our strengths and we all know our weaknesses and we're all there for each other when we, you know, we're stuck or we don't know what to do, you know, for advice. It's just, it's really nice to have that. I grew up playing sports, so I've always been like a team player, you know? So I like the, where we can like bounce ideas off of each other and stuff. Yeah, I've grown a lot since I've been on the team because the same, just learning from from people who may not do things the way that I do them, and then also helping other people, you know, mm-hmm. doing that different perspective. I think it's been yeah, it's been really beneficial for me the past couple of years. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it too, like the way that other people do it, and you can kind of be like, well, I never thought of doing it that way. Maybe I'll try and see if it works. You know. Um, if it works out for you, that's, that's good to keep an open mind because sometimes a lot of people don't have an open mind in anything. And they're just like, what I do is right. And how I do it is right. And if you don't have constructive criticism, you're, I, I feel you're never going to, if you can't take constructive criticism, I feel that you're never going to be able to take yourself to the next level professionally, personally, or anything. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So this is my favorite question. What is the craziest thing you've seen in a home? Craziest thing I've seen in a home. Okay. So there was this house and I don't know how much I can say here, but, um, it was a house out in, I believe it was in Magnolia or maybe it was Waller. It was one, it was one of the towns up North off of like 2920, that area. And it was an old log house, two stories. And it looked like it had been pretty well taken care of on the outside. And then we go inside. And first of all, the smell almost knocked me out. It was so terrible. There were animals pretty much in every single room, just 
all sorts of animals. I, I can't even remember how many there were. Just like in crates and like out around the house. I think when we walked in, like two dogs jumped on us. So um, like pets, not like ran, not like rodents or. Yeah, no, no, no. They were, okay. they were, they were I mean, they were all pets. There were other animals besides cats and dogs. I can't remember. <laughs> like there were probably birds and like some, I don't know, hamsters or something. Sounds uh, really clean. Yeah, it was not. It was so not clean at all. I'm totally joking. And, yeah, and then and then the the family that lived there stayed in the house while we were showing, so it was just really awkward. Like we walked into one room, and like the grandmother was in there, like watching TV in her in her recliner in her room, and then we went upstairs, and I guess it was maybe one of the kids, but they were older, like probably twenty years old, was just like laying in bed and just hanging out and it was just probably the most awkward situation ever so we walked through really quick we knew we knew it was a fixed wrapper but we didn't know to what extent so went in real quick walked around went out needless to say they did not make an offer on that house I wouldn't either I feel like that's I wouldn't so I would uh when I first started doing like house hunting like when I first moved to Texas a long time ago uh a husband a guy was there and while we were walking around and he was telling us about his divorce and like, you know, why he's selling and why there's no furniture there and all this stuff. And I was just like, like, I felt so bad, but then I was like, this is super awkward. Like I'm trying people who are selling their house, even though you may want to hang out, you know, not many do, but sometimes sellers want it and want to stay. It's not a good idea. It always makes people very uncomfortable. Um, and I've never had a client, a buyer want to buy a house where the seller's in, in the house. Yeah. I just sold my house and I didn't like being in there. I just felt like, you know, if we wanted to get it sold, if I'm yeah. in there, it kind of makes it look like, you know, it's still my home. They need to feel like it's their home or picture yeah. them as coming in. Exactly. Um, so who is your most influential person or someone that inspires you the most? So it, when I, when I was younger, it was definitely my father. Um, he passed away in 2000 nine. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I grew, I grew up with my dad and my dad was just always really practical and really smart. Um, smart about money, smart about investing. You know, he, he lived a lot of life in, in the years that he was alive and had a lot of experience, um, and knowledge. So I always really looked up to my dad and he gave me lots of great life advice. Um, when I graduated from college, he, his gift to me was a down payment for a house. And I didn't think I was ready to buy a house, but he's like, no, you need to buy a house. Like you need to invest, don't rent, don't waste your money on rent. Um, so I did, and thank God I did. It was, you know, one of the smartest investments and it's allowed us to um, buy other investments from the equity in our home. So that was, I mean, he really set me up for life. So that kind of maybe like the start of like, maybe wanting to be in the real, like without even knowing, maybe looking back and being, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and now, you know, one of my, um, I, what was, there's another question, I think, like, who is your, like, oh, who you like who influences, inspires your influences? Yeah. So, so Wendy Papazine, she's the woman that I work for. She started this team in 2009. I, I really look up to her and I um, respect her so much as a realtor and, and as a friend and a mentor. Um, one of the things that she does with her agents is we, 
we, we meet monthly and we talk about our net worth and we talk about investing and we all share our net worth. She calls it the hot millionaire club. It's really cool. Um, and it's really inspired me to start paying more attention to that. And, um, we've invest they're, they're investors as well. So, you know, it's, we have big goals for investing. We own two rental properties right now. Um, our current home is going to become our third rental property when we buy our next house. And we just want to keep, keep going with that as part of our retirement plan. That's awesome. That's a really good idea. So before we end the show, what, or do you have any words of wisdom advice to anyone out there, everyone out there about real estate, getting into it? Yeah, I think if you're going to get into real estate, I, I think, you know, finding the right fit for you um, in a brokerage is, is really important. Find a brokerage that's going to help train you and, and guide you and support you um, because a lot of people get into real estate and they don't last very long. I think it's because they just don't have the proper support and training. Um, and, you know, if it's something you you think you want to do just just know that it, it might take a while to get going but if you stick with it it can be a really great career um one of the things we we also kind of talk about on our team is designing your perfect life right and building your business based on that so some of us may have really huge goals and some are smaller and i think you know knowing how you want your life to be kind of determines how you're gonna do your business and yeah. Um, yeah. It's helped me focus. So that's a really good, have a plan and you have to, yeah. what I've been seeing, like the common denominator really with agents um, that I've been speaking with is persistence and you can't give up. Yeah. Like you can't, you just got to keep on trucking and find leverage so that you can rest and at least take a day off. Don't burn out <laughs> yes, and off because it can be a 24 seven business if you allow it to. So definitely don't let your business run you. Um, you have to learn how to run your, your business and, and take the time off to rest. Boundaries. Yeah. I like that. Good job. Um, once again, I'd like to thank Alyssa for being on the show today. I hope everyone has a good week. And remember, if you're looking for a reliable inspection company, please check out our website at inspectorteam.com. See you guys next time.